morning, everyone. It's a wonderful Lord's Day. Any Lord's Day, even if it's storming outside, is a good day, isn't it? What a privilege and a blessing it is for us to be here in assembly, free to do so, with a comfortable building. Isn't it wonderful just to be able to assemble and worship God? And let's strive to do our best this morning to do that. I appreciate the prayer uh, this morning. And uh, let's really be remembering the team in Uvalde. I think their VBS begins today and uh, goes through Thursday, I believe, anyway, through uh, part of the week. And we all know what happened there not too long ago. It may very well be that uh, the hearts of the people there are a little more attuned to have their children in Bible school, so let's be praying along those lines that they'll have a good and successful vacation Bible school. And I'd also uh, like to ask that, that you pray for Kay and me, uh, the Lord willing, uh, later this week we'll embark upon uh, three sojourns uh, back to back and we'll be helping three small congregations in South Carolina and Pennsylvania and in New York. And as you know, when you're out on the highways, uh, it's pretty treacherous. We uh, would appreciate your prayers very much on, on our behalf in that. I'm going to be reading from Hebrews chapter 6, and you might want to turn there, beginning with verse 13. Hebrews 6, verse 13, beginning and going through the end of the chapter. We all know and realize that the book of Hebrews was written, I believe, by the Apostle Paul to encourage Christians uh, who were beginning to think seriously about abandoning Christianity, Christ, to go back to the old Mosaic law, to Judaism. And so throughout the book of Hebrews, he presents case after case showing how that that's the worst decision that you could possibly make. How much better is the new covenant than the old? So why would you want to go back? And part of the reasoning uh, that the author uses to convince them to hold fast, to hold strong to Christ and to Christianity uh, is the idea of eternal life, that eternal life is in Christ. And if we are in Christ, then we have that eternal life. So beginning with verse 13, let me just read uh, the verses through the end of the chapter. And against that backdrop, consider what he says here. For when God made a promise to Abraham because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely blessing I will bless you, and multiplying I will multiply you. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. 
For men indeed swear by the greater, and an oath for confirmation uh, is for them an end of all dispute. Thus God, determining to show more abundantly to the heirs of the promise the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath, that by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we might have strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope set before us. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters the presence behind the veil, where the forerunner has entered for us, even Jesus, having become high priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. So he's talking about a promise here. In Christ, there is the great promise made first of all to Abraham and we now as heirs in Christ of that promise of eternal life with God in heaven when this life on earth is over. And you'll notice that uh, here in verse 18, at the end of the verse, he talks about those who have fled for refuge that we are to lay hold of the hope set before us. So he talks about a hope, hope of eternal life. And that is set before us. And then in verse 19, which is the one I want to concentrate on, this hope we have as an anchor. He calls that hope an anchor. An anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters the presence behind the veil. So I want to talk this morning a little bit about hope being the anchor for the soul. We know what an anchor is. We're familiar uh, with it uh, being a part of uh, a ship or even a fishing boat, if you will. And we know what anchors are for, especially in the olden days when there were wooden ships uh, sailing the seas. They had an anchor, and they would uh, use these anchors to, uh, when storms would come and begin to rock the boat back and forth, that anchor would be dropped in hopes that it would grab hold of something beneath that would keep them strong and stable. Well, the same, of course, can uh, apply spiritually. So if you will, we are like ships on the sea of life, and an anchor is needed for us as well. So I want us to consider our spiritual anchor. In verse 19 here that we've just read, it describes a spiritual ship and anchor. And I want us to look at the three phrases that is there in verse 19. And these three phrases paints a picture for us of this anchor of the soul that we have. He says, first of all, that this hope we have as an anchor for the soul. And so this describes what kind of anchor that we have. This anchor that we have is hope. Uh, Kay revealed to me not very long ago that hope was one of her favorite words. 
and I've begun to think more of it myself uh, and really what all hope entails. And it's a beautiful word, it's a beautiful concept, something that we can hold on to. And so this anchor here, the Apostle Paul tells us, is an anchor. If we have this hope in Christ, this hope of eternal life after this life is over, that's an anchor to keep us steadfast in the storms of life. Literally, what is hope? Literally, it is favorable and confident expectation. It's not just wishful thinking. It's not just a stab in the dark and just a faithless uh, hope that things will be all right. I know as I was growing up, uh, and then later on as I began to contemplate it, uh, it bothered me that if you were to ask uh, some Christians if uh, they were to die right then, uh, are you sure that you would go to heaven to be with God? And so many times the response would be, well, I hope so. Did Christ come and live among us and suffer all that he did and die on the cross of Calvary for us to only have a, a hope? Not really sure, but I hope. No, there is more to hope than just wishful thinking or hopeful thinking. It is a favorable and confident expectation. And so here in the context, again, it says that this hope that we have of eternal life is, uh, is the anchor that will keep us on the seas of, of life. This places hope then as something in the future but not wishful thinking, as I said. Genuine hope is a firm assurance, and I like that word, assurance, that uh, things, of things that are unseen and still in the future. Consider what Paul says in Romans chapter 8, verses 24 and 25. There the apostle Paul says, For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope, for who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. And so it is a confident assurance of eternal life that is this hope that we're talking about. Christian hope then in general is eternal life in heaven. This is the hope that is set before us according to the scripture. It uh, is what holds us in place, especially in olden days when these ships would be sailing, they would be coming uh, near a harbor and there would be stormy uh, uh, waves that uh, almost would crush the, the boat and make it uh, tear into pieces. That is where they would drop the anchor. And the anchor, as we know, uh, different kinds, but all of them have in common uh, claws, if you will, 
that's designed to grab hold and to, to hold on. And it's attached to the ship by a cable. And it's, it's sunk to the rocks uh, below. And it holds onto the rock, it catches, and it grabs, and it holds onto the rocks, and it keeps the ship from crashing uh, above the waters. And likewise, our souls. Our souls are pictured as ships on the stormy seas of life near the harbor of heaven. Uh, there's an old song, Crossing the Bar, that uh, we don't sing much anymore, but it's an old one, talks about nearing heaven when our time comes, and that ship, our ship, is getting near the harbor of heaven, and that is where we are. Our souls are pictured as ships in the stormy seas of life near the harbor of heaven. And we are in danger of life's trials that attempt to, attempt to destroy us. But we have an anchor, the hope of eternal life in heaven. And so we cast our anchor into the unseen future of eternal life, and it keeps us from being destroyed by life's troubles. So that's the kind of anchor that we have. It is the anchor of hope, expectation, confident expectation, assurance of eternal life. But then the next phrase in verse 19 is that we have an anchor both sure and steadfast. And this describes the quality of our anchor. It is hope for eternal life, and that is assurance. In 1 John chapter 5 and verse 13, there is a scripture that says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. Not that you may just wishfully hope for eternal life, but John is saying, I'm writing these things so that you may know, confidently know, be assured of eternal life. And so our anchor is sure and steadfast. Hope as an anchor is not one that will break under pressure. And so the fact that hope means that I can know that I have eternal life is what keeps us safe in the storms and trials of life. Our anchor of hope will not slip, but it will hold on, it will hold on to its grip. And so not, no matter what trials of, of life we have uh, in this life, we can know and rest assured that God will keep us from sinking when life's trials burst upon us. So as long as we are connected to the cable, it will hold us. You know, if a ship cuts the cable, connecting it to the anchor, then the waves of the storm will crash it upon the rocks. And in a similar way, 
If we cut ourselves loose from our spiritual anchor, then life's trials will destroy us. So we can stay connected to our anchor by doing our best to live according to God's Word. One of my favorite scriptures in the Bible is 1 John 1, 7. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus His Son cleanses us from all sin. And you've heard from lessons before about the verb tenses there. It is a tense that promotes or denotes continual action. And so that literally it can be read, but if we keep on walking in the light of God's word, then we have fellowship with one another and the blood of his son keeps on cleansing us from our sin. So that's the kind of anchor that we have. We have an anchor of hope that is both sure and steadfast. And then in the third place, the third phrase of our scripture, which enters the presence behind the veil. So what is he talking about there? This describes what our anchor is attached to. What he's talking about here, of course, is uh, the Old Testament tabernacle or the temple. And you recall the different divisions of those, uh, uh, the tabernacle or the temple. That's what he's referring to here, what he's alluding to. So no matter how good a ship's anchor may be, it still must be stable rock underneath to attach itself to. And it's the same with our spiritual anchor. We have an anchor, which is hope of eternal life. It is sure and steadfast, nothing wrong with the anchor itself. But what is it going to attach to? It says here that our anchor is attached behind the veil. And again, we see that this is the veil separating the holy place from the most holy place in the tabernacle or the temple. And so that's what it is alluding to. The holy of holies was behind the veil. And we know what that was. It was the presence of God. And only the high priest could enter and make atonement for man's sins. But now Jesus is our high priest, and he has entered, having made the ultimate sacrifice for our sins on the cross. Look at verse 20. It says, where the forerunner has entered for us, even Jesus, having become high priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. And so, do, do we have a secure place to which our anchor of the soul can attach to? Yes, we do. None other than Jesus Christ himself. That is where our anchor is attached to, Jesus Christ. So figuratively, Jesus is behind the veil. And if our anchor is attached behind the veil, it means that we are attached to Jesus Christ. Our anchor of hope for eternal life is securely attached to him. Truly he is our rock of ages, isn't he? 
I like what is said in Colossians 1 and verse 27. Paul writes there, To them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. The hope of glory. So we've looked at the anchor that we have, the spiritual anchor, which is our hope for eternal life, that sure and confident, expectant hope that we have. And so the scripture that we've looked at today has described the elements. We have seen what kind of uh, anchor it is. It is the anchor of hope, the quality, both sure and steadfast, and what it is attached to, the rock. That is Jesus Christ himself behind the veil. So the confident hope of eternal life is what distinguishes the Christian from the non-believer who has no hope. Oftentimes in our personal evangelism in talking with people, studying with people, we use uh, two scriptures and scriptures that have to do with the idea of hope that we've been talking about. One is Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 12. Ephesians 2 and verse 12, Paul says, remember, and he's talking to the Christians at Ephesus and reminding them of how it was before they became Christians. So he says in verse 12, remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, uh, annihilated or alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. How scary can it get? Living in this world with no hope, no hope whatsoever. The other one is in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 13. And there he says, but we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others who have no hope, giving comfort to families who've lost loved ones, but loved ones who died in Christ. For if we live in Christ, we also die in Christ. And that means that they have this confident, expectant hope of eternal life. And so it is then that we have this anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast. It's attached to Jesus Christ himself. Who knows, uh, our brother Sam was teaching this morning in the auditorium class about the uncertainties of life. What is your life? It's but a vapor. It appears for a little time, then vanishes away. We don't know what's on tomorrow. We don't know what lies ahead. We are troubled with uh, things that we hear in the news, we see going on around us. It causes us to be concerned and maybe frightened. But brethren, we have a hope. We have an anchor that will keep us tied and will see us safe 
all the way to the harbor of heaven and keep us there until we can enter in. Now, isn't that great? Let's not forget about the precious hope that we have in, in Jesus Christ. And let it be shown in our lives as we come in contact with others. Let's share that hope with those who have no hope. And that's what, as again, Sam was alluding to in his lesson, that's what our purpose is. We've got to share our faith with others any opportunity that we can, any way that we can. And it may be that you're here this morning. I believe that the majority of us in this room have this hope that we've been talking about. But friend, if you're not a Christian, if you haven't obeyed the gospel, if you haven't placed your belief in Jesus as the Son of God and repented of your sins, if you haven't confessed before others your belief that he is the Son of God, and if you haven't been immersed in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins, you're out of Christ. You're in that place where Paul says there is no hope. And we would pray that this morning, if you're in that situation, in that place, that you will choose to obey the gospel. If you otherwise need to respond to the invitation this morning, we encourage you to do so now as we stand and sing.